Ladies and gentlemen, I am delighted to bring to you another episode of my beloved Imaginer uh, series. And tonight, it's Keats that I'll be featuring. This is, to start with, a portrait that my uh, daughter made for me. She handed it to me on my 80th birthday in last April, that's just a few weeks ago, and she said, happy birthday. Uh, she made it from a photograph, but, but all the colors are hers, and you'll notice uh, that, she, that our, my co cover designer for my Keats book has borrowed all the colors, the two major ones, uh, and he has... Uh, uh, she, rather, has uh, really uh, uh, made them... Uh, oh, I'm just so tongue-tied. I, I, I get so enthusiastic about the whole thing. It's a way to celebrate your 80th birthday. And how do you do that? By writing 80 odes in Keats-like modes. Keats is a tremendous uh, a favorite of mine. Uh, in fact, I wrote on, a first, uh, on the very uh, first uh, thing that I said, I, I wrote, I always admired Keats, but never did I love him so much as I do now, my trusted guide and colleague and fellow pioneer. That's what I wrote after finishing the book. Uh, what did I uh, uh, have in mind in writing uh, uh, 80 Odes? I wanted to fill in the gaps. There's no finer ode writer in the English language. But he died when he was barely 26. He died of tuberculosis, uh, as, did, as ha had uh, his uh, older brother also done, with whom he spent lots of time. And uh, he was dying in addition to that of the syphilis, and thirdly, uh, most likely of the lethal effects of the syphilis medica medication, which was mercury. So he only had time to write six odes. You'd think they might be tragic. No, not necessarily. Uh, they could be extremely happy. And I made, I wanted to make my odes patterned on what to me was his very happiest of odes and perhaps most perfect, um, and that is to autumn. But I would like, first of all, to introduce you to one of my odes and show you how I write in his style. I write in his style uh, in a very uh, um, uncumbered un way. I do it with enthusiasm and exuberance. And here we are. My very first selection, and I only only have five because I'd, I'd like to read them fairly slowly so you can savor them. Uh, very first one is called Ode on My Neighborhood. This is a kind of Mr. Rogers tour of uh, walking down the street. One aprile, I quote from Chaucer, who begins his his Canterbury Tales that way. When April with his shower sweet, one aprile with his shower sweet, by virtue of that strength brings flowers out. I go a strolling, neighbor friends to greet, and silently my hallelujah shout. Aged ninety six, had Mrs. Reed, I'm told, gone off to join her boy in Tennessee. New people at her home I get to know. Of Sarah's childhood time I see unfold the memories that bright remain for me. Hi, Eleanor and Juliana. See the baby in the cradle? Smile aglow. And here's the man who once, when I was tired and rested on an ornamental rock within his yard, had asked if I desired a drink of water. Now we had a talk, and I explained to him 
what shin splints were and how such muscle tightenings may be avoided with a leg stretch now and then. They're quickly done in bed. If you prefer, you'll loosen up your feet and save a knee, regaining vigor, and you'll feel so free. He listened keenly, and he said, Amen. My neighbor Linda, driving down the street, a moment stopped. I said I'd celebrate my birthday at Kampai. With book would greet the owner who'd inspired a lyric. Wait, he's now retired, but both his sons you'll see. I gave the boys the book. Then Dad appeared. The poem I again recited. Fun! A Chinese character, stand, I, child, tree, he'd shown, would mean a parent. It endeared us all to learn the thought, and grateful, cheered, we thanked the man who had the wisdom won. Okay, you can have fun with Keats' Odes, and indeed, uh, I promised you uh, that I would uh, show you something uh, that counteracts a tendency toward tragedy which fate was uh, trying to inflict upon him at the time that he wrote his six great masterworks. This is in, uh, I, I insert it as a clarifying reply to another poem, which I'll uh, share with you in a moment. This is by John Keats, To Autumn. Season of mists and mellow fruitfulness, close bosom friend of the maturing sun, conspiring with him how to load and bless with fruit the vines that round the, the thatch eaves run, to bend with apples the mossed cottage trees and fill all fruit with ripeness to the core, to swell the gourd and plump the hazel shells with a sweet Colonel, to set budding more and still more later flowers for the bees until they think warm days will never cease for summer has o'erbrimmed their clammy cells who hath not seen thee oft amid thy store sometimes whoever seeks abroad may find thee sitting careless on a granary floor thy hair soft lifted by the winnowing wind, or on a half-reaped furrow, sound asleep, drowsed with the fume of poppies, while thy hook spares the next swath and all its twined flowers. And sometimes, like a gleaner, thou dost keep steady thy laden head across a brook, or by a cider press with patient look, Thou watchest the last oozings, hours by hours. Where are the songs of spring? Ay, where are they? Think not of them, thou hast thy music too. While barred clouds bloom the soft dying day, And touch the stubble plains with rosy hue, Then in a wailful choir the small gnats mourn, Among the river sallows, borne aloft, Or sinking as the light wind lives or dies, And full-grown lambs loud bleat from hilly bourne, 
hedge crickets sing, and now with treble soft the red breast whistles from a garden croft, and gathering swallows twitter in the sky. That was a sheer pleasure to read. I've gone to, back to it so many times. It has been my paradigm. The fact is that all of Keith's six odes are written in quite similar style, except for number one, which was a kind of a trial run with different, uh, different metric means. They're all uh, almost exclusively in the iambic pentameter, and one and two and three and four and five. Uh, the rhyme scheme uh, is pretty much the same, too, usually. Uh, but this is my paradigm to keep coming back to because it just happens to be my favorite. So now, let me turn to what this poem uh, inspired me to write. This is my third of the uh, uh, five poems I promised you. It's called Ode on Art Writing. It's very interesting because it introduces a whole big section of my book, uh, which is art writing, or what's called, uh, if you want to be uh, uh, historical about it, a, an ekphrastic lyric writing. Ekphrastic simply means visual art rendered in words. This has had a high prestige, an interestingly prestigious kind of writing, ever since Homer, who in his Iliad describes uh, the shield of Achilles with great detail, and it's, it turns into a panorama of ancient Athenian life. Ode on art writing. Of Sarah's growth I kept a diary, yet while composing childhood snapjot odes have not referred to it, for poetry, I've chosen one of many other roads. The art she made permits me to explore what talents could unsupervised unfold in painting, cutout, drawing, poster, dance. In autumn, Keats, you said that more, yet more, and later flowers of abundance told. My Sarah's early flowers, for me, yet hold a nourishment, a lyric sustenance. I would songs write, she, I loved tribute, brings to fancy as with water faucet imps, or faces well evoked. At ages three and four, beholding, we receive a glimpse of beauty seasonal, or legend sweet, that dancing will elicit dreams of flight in bird and human fancies, crafter formed. In school time, active children we may greet, who masquerade as she on Purim night had done, or making zany jokes that might, as hers will do, a viewer's heart have warmed. Home decorators never will I need. My daughter's a designer and the best. The selves that she has been are here indeed. They've made my house a very treasure chest. A thousand words no picture need be worth. Nor word a thousand pictures. Each is prime. They're both a springing forth, a maker's spree. Our lives are tristful riant, dole and mirth. We lend them heart, and they convey, sorry, they convert our time on earth by allegoric story rhyme to what the eye can hear 
the ear can see. I have little allusions here and there to different artworks that she made and which are all uh, shrink-wrapped, that is, uh, uh, conservation-preserved and uh, framed in that way on, on my wa walls of my house, and including uh, uh, a, uh, an interesting cutout uh, where she shows you a, um, an elf in a drain. But you wouldn't know it if there wasn't a woman or a girl holding a big pane of glass in front of the drain. Uh, without an elf detector, you'll never know who may be inhabiting your drains. That's the kind of... <laughs> you can see it would make anyone want to write verse. All right, so now... Let's try another form of art that she, uh, that she was really great at. Ode on Dance Posters. This is the fourth of the Keatsian... Uh, oh, uh, oh, well, it's a these, it's a partnership reading is what it is. Uh, fourth of my poems, Ode on Dance Posters. Two painted posters, conservation framed, continuing to grace my home today, themselves are works of art. I've proudly claimed and graceful dancing talent will convey. Sarah and Sarah, the enamoring companions who'd interpreted LPs, Scheherazade by Rimsky-Korsakov, and From the Seasons by Vivaldi, Spring. I feel as if, as I feel as I'm, as if I'm hearing melodies that bear me back in memory with ease to magical events a long time off. Scheherazade is veiled from ear to ear in soft, capacious cloth of turquoise hue. Tis half transparent, and I seem to hear a word from shadowed lips behind the blue. Her mouth is open. Do I truly see, or just imagine this? A tale to tell? Her long-lashed eyes are black, in each a gleam of pure aliveness, yet the brows may be conveying secrets dark, which on her spell a sadness through that must the heart impel, harsh truth to feel beneath her wondrous dream. The girls have added, from the seasons they have chosen the allegro of the spring. It seems to be an April shower day of which Vivaldi's violin would sing. Our eastern queen bore traces gray of tears, but here the drops are rainbow-colored. All are dancing, happy in their splashing spree. We're liberated, have no further fears. The rain gives life wherever it may fall. The words and music to each other call, and both are summoning. Terpsichore. She was the goddess of the dancing among the ancient Greeks. So now, let me give you my reply. I didn't just uh, in, in, enclose a poem for my reply. I give it a, a short prose introduction to explain what I'm doing. I can't add much to the celebration of dancing, but one closely related experience seems not so readily fitted for an ekphrastic poem, though it too inspired me with vigor. Sarah never made a painting or drawing of it. She and her friends loved to whirl around. Have you ever seen little kids do that? They whirl around endlessly and then they, they can't 
possibly laugh hard enough when they fall down, which is what they wanted. They whirl around and round till they fell on the floor. This was euphoria. I once saw a little boy in an airport do this whirling all by himself. The entertainment was inexhaustible for half an hour. Like Sarah and her girlfriend, she'd, he'd whirl himself into an ecstasy over and over. I had these whirlings in mind when writing the following, which I, I did print already in A Lover's Art, but it seemed to belong here with Sarah and Sarah. The, the, both girls had the same name. Uh, their dance uh, performance. This is called Lover's Dervish Whirl. It is great to give thanks, to sing praise to your name. When the psalmer felt happy, he had to proclaim, I will raise up my hands to the heaven and shout what was hidden's arisen and has to come out. When the fire in the seed had been planted in me, I was granted in spirit a chanter to be at the great reparation when striving will thrive, in a flaring creation will minding arrive for the fire thy inside, that give light to the air, yet are mournful, half-dormant, unformed, unaware. Let me therefore acclaim what had planted the flame, when the ground set the sky for its ultimate aim. I was born to sing praise, for I need to be here, that a joy in the voicing of morning ring clear, and a might in the quiet of night be made known, where the lyre and the forest fire tiger have grown. Thrum, drums will rumble, a trumpet, all women and men will be shaken, the slack, the unslaken, and then in their multitude thundering wonders will rise, what was under be over, the woken be wise. Oh, good people, give praise, let the rainbows and rays of the spectrum, the plectrum, spread over your days, let the gamut of grandeur inquiring combine, patterned brave modulation. Almightily chime. What ensures the redemption that never will end are the blended reflections of friend within friend, since if light by clear mirroring brighten our eyes, ardent heart sparks are kindled that climb to the skies. When the hills leapt like deer, and the shift of the surge lifted hymns, and the waves' panegyrical urge meant the roar of the lordliest lore that we know toward the gold of the great unbeholden would go. It was so that we mortals might never forget that what Orpheus, Jubal, in order had set was to pierce through the umbra that never affrays if the seraphim sunlight illumine our praise. Let the zither and cymbal, the fife and the drum, to the fields of Elysium eagerly come. Let us dance favored David's spurred dervishes whirl, while the moon rises white in her tight shell a pearl. Let the Sufi, the sylph, and the satyr and pan, with the angels and jinns, each creation that can, with the Buddhas, Asuras, the Devas and Elves, and the gods that were riven, remembered themselves. Resurrection is nothing but what we have done, every morning reborn since the world had begun. Rearise, O oh my people, eyes open, give ear, infra low, ultra high, the vibrations I hear. It was told that the heart of a squirrel, if heard, or the grass that was growing, would be such a word as to wipe out the mind by the force of the roar that arose from our old and unforgeable core.
Oh, how right that our feebleness, blinded in sky, to an atom contract in the flesh of an eye, but the atom in turn, with the Kantian whirl, a particulate intricacy will unfurl. The electrical charges in you and in me, by a psalming rhapsodical rhythm set free, will enlarge all the quanta and qualia we think and feel, reach, perceive, touch and love, hear and see. Once totality enters, you're never alone. Breathe it in. Though a burden and turmoil have grown, yet be one with it. Be it! Then slowly breathe out. It is you, the unbounded, the bounty about. It unstoppably follows from all that we've learned that the fire-seed, earth-covered, penumbral, first yearned toward a mystery, Muyain, eyes closed when the dark woke the stillness within to the spurt of a spark. Then the light universal will purge and disperse all discernible burdens with verve and immerse the arisen in winds and invisible waves of a chaos creation that flame-laughing laves blood-mud matter, evadum, clay-mater in air, night-renewed, Bright bedewed, light bestrewn, might aware, height prepared, flight unscared, pain unscarred, fiery starred, from Avernus returned, every blessing unbarred. Helpful hearer, indeed, I would thankfully ask, let a merger theurgical grant that our task, the advance of a burgeoning planet enhance an emerging, imaginal, magical trance. Mm -hmm.